the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing in more. Earnings season. My favorite time of the year. It's the most wonderful time. How many days until Christmas, right? Didn't we just have Christmas? What's he talking about Christmas? Um, Amazon's talking about doing their Amazon Prime sale again this summer when we didn't really have a lot of that going on last year. But we're about 242 days away from Christmas, so I'm just telling you this is my Christmas season. I enjoy this time when Tesla's reporting, when Beyond Meat's coming out with new product at their quarterly earnings update. Um, I'm looking forward to Amazon, Apple, Microsoft. I love the big tech companies as much as I love the emerging growth companies when they tell the truth, when it's time to say, how many units did you sell? What's it look like? Beyond Meat's going to launch the latest version of its meat-free burger patties and grocery stores next week. I'm, I'm okay with this idea and this thought as an investment. Absolutely. Because it's really not about me. Keep in mind, I'm the biggest hypocrite ever. I don't like seeing the whole pig that I'm about to eat while he's walking around, while he's getting his head cut off, his belly cut open. I just like seeing that one and a half pound of pork chop wrapped in cellophane at the grocery store. I'm like, ah, delicious. So Beyond Meat is something we all kind of got introduced to probably three, four, five years ago, where they're making plant-based proteins. Where for people like me, eh, I'm a little late in the cycle to be going vegetarian or vegan. And I know I probably should. I totally know. So for me, when I could substitute something, I will. And um, I love spinach. Spinach salads are great. Spinach salads with bacon and grease on them, not so great. Spinach is lovely. So I've learned I can get some proteins elsewhere. Um, but I guess what the point of this is, is a couple of years ago, I went to the grocery store. I'm like, I'm going to try this beyond me. Um, I've done all, for instance, the best way for me is not in the burger because the burger I think is classic. Let's conquer that last. Um, if you make a red sauce, a red Italian sauce, and you substitute instead of Italian sausage or, uh, red meat, you substitute like Turkey. You're like, you can barely tell the difference. When it's got the garlic and it's got the tomato sauce, and you can tell a difference, but you get the idea. I wanted it to be that kind of substitution. And I had no problem with the taste of the Beyond Meat. The problem that I had was it was $9.99 a pound. And right next to it was $6.99 ground beef from a cow. I have the money for it, but a lot of people don't. And that brings up a hell of a good social question of 
have a friend who's a chef and a uh, famous chef out of Los Gatos. And he once said on the air something that was pretty fascinating. He goes, Rob, if you go to Jamaica, a meal from McDonald's is $15, whereas in America it's a buck fifty. And if you go to Jamaica, a fresh chicken is a dollar, whereas in America it's $15. And he says, why, why is it so opposite? And he's like, processed food is cheap. So basically he was trying to say, like, Rob, if you try to make fresh french fries at home to compete with McDonald's, you can't. It's not going to happen. And I get it. So there is a cost structure on poverty and low quality food that's overly processed. But that's a whole nother social dilemma for a whole nother social show. But the Beyond Burger in 2016, um, it was too pricey. So what they've said is we're going to do the best we can to get Beyond Burger 3.0 in grocery stores starting essentially this week. Um, and then we're going to start hitting restaurants with the Beyond Burger in March, which I'm sorry, June. Um, it's fascinating because it's kind of like, it's almost like a iPhone one, iPhone two, iPhone three, where you're waiting for it to get better and better. Um, you know how I told you I had some hesitancy of about trying Beyond Meat in a burger with a lettuce, tomato, ketchup, like now the classic American bacon cheese kind of thing. But if they're working on Beyond Burger three, Will I wait till Beyond Burger 4? Probably not. I'll, let's give it a try. See how things innovate in the last three years. Um, the stock's up 21% in the last 12 months, which I'm not going to be spoiled and go, that's not enough. That's a damn fine return. And it's tied towards a meat substitute. And as a 50-year-old man, I, I, I don't expect to ever become vegan or vegetarian. But I wouldn't be surprised if one of my kids pulls it on me. All my neighbors, their kids in 10th, 11th, 12th grade, most of them are vegetarian. Um, don't want to eat anything that has a face. So it's kind of like not blame the millennials, but see where millennials are spending their money. It's not a bad investment approach. It's not going to work in all cases, but it's not a bad start. February home prices saw their biggest increase in 15 years. The Case-Shiller index rose 12% year over year. They followed 20 cities, and they're big cities. San Diego, Phoenix, LA, Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. You know, you basically get the idea, right? 19 of the 20 cities reported stronger price gains in the year, over year. 17 out of 20 saw double-digit returns year over year. That's a lot of winners in a lot of locations. Now, I find the Case-Shiller Index the best index because it's comparing similar homes and not just pricing out the median. Demand is very, very strong and it's pushing prices higher. Mortgage rates have started to move higher. Um, started the month of February at 2.79%, ended the month of February at 3.2%. That's a 50 basis points move, essentially. That's a big move on how much you can afford. So do I think these numbers will be the same in a year from now? No. Now, could I be wrong by six months, 12 months? Yes. But if we're still growing at 12% in real estate prices this time next year, we're screwed. Um, 
<laughs> I know you're saying that's dramatic. <coughs> okay, how about we'd say it's becoming unhinged. It's kind of like going down, you build a wagon, a go-kart, a soapbox derby, and you get it on the top of the mountain, you start pushing it down Lombard Street, and you're like picking up speed, picking up speed, picking up speed, and like 12% gain year over year is pretty good, but interest rates are moving higher. And so you start seeing the wheels get a little wobbly. We can't grow at that those levels forever. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Um, I have a really good story about AirTags and some of the research that's been going on right now because a lot of people are really upset that Apple has come out with a product that basically puts tile, makes them irrelevant. If you have tile trackers, Apple just kind of stepped all over you. Now, this will probably go to court because you can't put a whole business down by your ecosystem, or can you? Apple's headed towards being a $3 trillion company. Maybe that's all I need to say. Apple, Tim and the Big Apple, all right? It's kind of catchy. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to my show. People ask me about kind of like what makes me tick. Because I really like finances and I really like financial stories. And I really like seeing people at 18 years old have nothing. Um, one of my favorite emailers through the years, there's two of them. One was Deborah, and one was, um, uh, why am I forgetting her name? I'll come up with Gab- Gabrielle. Gabby. It's in my head. It kept coming up. But Deborah once referred to herself as Deb the Little Saver. <laughs> I'm like, that's cute. And now 20 years later, you know, every now and then we cross paths, and she's done quite well for herself. And it makes me proud. Um, so I like the stories. I like the, the, you know, start at 20, get to 30, get to 40, see where you are. And I get to see some of that. It relaxes me. It makes me feel better that I'm doing something right. 0110011. I named my dog after basically a binary number set to murder. Um, I think it's funny, but it also calms me down instead of trying to come up with a name like, come here, Whistler. Or, come here, Zappa Zappadoo. Keep it simple. I get the fact that Steve Jobs liked the black turtlenecks or the black mock turtlenecks. I get it. It makes, it makes getting ready so much easier in the morning. Remember, I, I keep talking about Juliet, the first college love of my life. The woman who I probably should have married, but I started a company, and she did too. And we both became very successful, but it hurt our relationship because we couldn't relate very well when we're working 10, 15, 20-hour days. Uh, but she used to stand in front of the... <clears throat> closet every single night we'd go to bed at 10 and i'm 20 so i'm all hormone crazy i'm like come to bed come to bed so i guess we're 22 23 right 
Um, and she just looked in the closet and she's like, okay, do I wear a vest tomorrow with a white pirate shirt? Do I wear knickers? Uh, dude, I'm, I'm showing you my ignorance of women's clothing, calling them knickers. Uh, do I wear heels, do I flat heels? Or like every now and then she'd like show me the stuff. I'm like, do this, this, and this. And she's like, you're right. Um, but I don't have 30 minutes to kill picking out clothes. I wear diesel 3632 Larky jeans <laughs> that they've just started becoming threadbare. So I'm going to go order them. They don't make them in the United States anymore, the, the type that I like. So I order them from Europe. And I get them about two weeks later with that whole airfare, air freight package that comes. I like keeping things really simple. That has proven a successful formula for me. Strongly consider simplifying things in your life if you find that, financially speaking, you're getting in over your head. And if there's a phrase that uh, Peter Lynch once said, like, if you can't, no, Warren Buffett said, if you can't, like, explain it with, like, crayons, then, then get out of that business because you're, you're doing too much. I got a great email. I saved $1.1 million for retirement, earn $128,000 a year, and have $22,000 in cash. Can I afford my dream car of $80,000 Nissan GTR? Um, I'm not a materialistic guy, and I've had a car stolen. So the whole idea on that is, I don't know. I'm the wrong person to ask because I'm not impressed with a Nissan GTR. Um, can you afford it? It, it, it? On paper, it looks like it, but is it is it wise? Uh, car ownership's changed a lot in the United States with getting from point A to point B. Mobility has changed a lot. It, it's got a long way to go. It's um, when you take a look at Tesla and you see the great quarter that they had, albeit they, they, there's some financial engineering there, for lack of a better term. Let me explain what I'm talking about that when I say financial engineering, because I don't want to gloss over that concept. They reported income of $438 million. That's a good number. Revenue is up by 74%. But when you start looking at it, there's some problems. They made a $101 million positive sale of Bitcoin, but they only bought Bitcoin last quarter. So in under 90 days, they made $100 million. That's awesome. But when you expect a company to be making Model 3s, Model Ys, Model Xs, Model Ss, you kind of want to hear more about that. Some of the customer service at Tesla is really, really getting hammered right now. They're growing fast. Have you ever seen a company grow too fast that their customer service isn't good? There's a company called Mevo, and they make probably one of the best studio cameras. A lot of churches use it for streaming of the church service, so you can watch this church service from home. So the Mevo camera is awesome. And if I were to set one up in studio and Chad Burton's on the other side and I'm on my side, the camera will track who's talking and put them on camera. It's pretty cool. Only problem is it's buggy and the customer service is awful. So the product's going to die. Down the road, someone will do what they do right. But they'll also care a lot more about setting up the code, setting up the easy installation, setting up the packaging. So when you get it, you're like, oh, wait, I got to go get an HDMI 2.5 cord for this? What? Why didn't it say that? 
<laughs> then you go to Best Buy and like, ah, oh, we only have like one of those. And it's a 45 foot cord. You only need five feet. <laughs> so you go to Amazon and you're like, okay, now I got to wait two or three days for it, right? So taking a look at Tesla's numbers, they weren't as simple as 483 million. On revenue is up 73, 74%. They did really well with the Model 3 and the Model Y, but the Model S and the Model X sold zero. Well, not really. They didn't make any. They had some in inventory that they were able to, <laughs> to find. A friend of mine got a Model X in the last two quarters. And the delivery time was three to four weeks. But after two months, they're like, <clears throat> we're having a problem finding one because we're not making them. We shut down. We're focusing only on the Model 3 and the Model Y, which is good. But it also tells you that the company has massive um, problems with their supply chain. If the Model 3 and the Model Y were the only cars that people wanted, that's great that they shut down and make it in the higher end Model S and Model X. Now, again, I just... I just told you what I didn't like about the quarter, the higher end Model S and the Model X starts at $100,000. I like the profit margins there. You got into the quarter and it really wasn't as simple as 010110. Tesla increased prices for its solar rooftops by 50%. Like, what the hell? 50%? And if you're going to get a Tesla roof, now you also have to get the power wall and the energy storage system. And suddenly that's gonna be priced in retroactively to vexed customers who just bought one and thought they were done. But Tesla said magically and coyly, oh, we plan to be a giant distributed utility. And you're like, oh, cute. But car ownership's not as simple as it used to be. And analyzing Tesla's not as simple as looking at the bottom line. Because they bought 1.5 billion at Bitcoin, they sold 272 million of it, so they pulled in 100 million dollars in profit. Are you buying a company that manufactures high-end cars, low-end cars, or day trades Bitcoin? And again, I like the company. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So this is Cold War, kids. How am I the lucky one? I do not deserve to wait around forever when you, you are the first. You get hurt, then you feel sorry, you go silent. This song reminds me of like, alternative music that makes me happy it's college music and then i saw them in concert and i was like wow they're old and maybe i was just remembering the sound when i was younger and i'm like when did this song come out because the two just weren't jiving in my head i saw them open up for another band and one of the things that i do in my personal time i know you're saying personal time you're killing me rob you are killing me. You look at life as personal. Yes, I do have to have some personal time on occasion. But um, one of the things I do is I fantasize about interviewing people. I, I don't, I think it's way too late for me to change my career. But I think early on in my career, I wanted to get into the music industry and find new bands. And then I got really good at investing and I got really good at storytelling and I made some money from writing stories and I made some money from investing, and I kind of combined the two into pursuing becoming a, 
independent financial advisor, registered investment advisor, taking the test, getting things squared away to help people make money. Um, the Cold War kids, I, I throw out there as like, you have an image in your head of like, almost being in a young moment, and then you see it later. Um, one of the things I do is I do fantasize about questions I would ask rock stars, questions that I would ask presidents. Um, I once was interviewing David Gergen, and there was one time when I was interviewing Bill Clinton. There's one time where I was entering, interviewing the, uh, not Kathy Lee Gifford, who was the, the person, that re- Kelly Ripa. And I got off the air after a week of like just epic interviews. And I was like, did I just do all those? You know, Bill Clinton would never have talked to me if he wasn't trying to raise money for his foundation. I know that. Um, Kelly Ripa would never have talked to me if she didn't have some sort of makeup to push and some sort of foundation to support. But I do fantasize about questions I'd ask. And one of the questions I ask is, when I saw Cold War Kids, I think that's kind of like your only hit, and they're out of L.A., and now they're opening for younger bands. I'm like, is that where you really want to be in life? But you can't ask that question ever, right? But it's the question I would want to ask. Like, where do old rock stars go to die? <laughs> it's kind of like an elephant graveyard, no? No? Let's move forward. Um, Apple's moving towards $3 trillion. And their little Tile product that they came out with is pretty smart compared to what Tile does because they have the ecosystem that Tile does not. Apple's got a billion plus phones out there tied towards Bluetooth. Throw in the uh, computers and iPads that also have the technology and they can track digital things really well, especially the digital things that they make and load into that ecosystem. Tile, not so much. Now, by getting the air tags, what they're really doing is, do you have a spouse who loses their keys a lot? You give them an air tag for, for Christmas stocking stuffer, right? It's a stocking stuffer idea. It's not like, I have to run out to the store today to pick up some Apple air tags in case I lose my keys. It's, it's not like going to be leading the business model, but it's going to support the business model. And once you have your tracker for your keys, for your car, for your kid's backpack, once you have those things established and you just spent the better part of two hours on a Saturday when you should be watching a Giants game, sitting on a couch, maybe thinking about grass in your yard, not marijuana, but, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to come up with the name of grass like rye. I'm like, no, catcher in the rye is not going to fly in California. Fescue. When you're th- you should be thinking fescues, you're, you're thinking, you know, setting up this damn technology that you got for your spouse for Christmas. Once you've done it, you don't want to undo it. I, I think that's a fair statement, especially as we get older. And that's the genius of Apple. The red hot hardware growth um, is going to cool. And how they set up services to support that hardware is going to be what we focus on. And that'll be something we focus on this quarter. So as they start to come out of the pandemic, as Americans start to, and there's there's a, a big debate right now. A lot of people are going to be very cranky about going back to work. And that's going to be the next six months of what we're talking about. Yelp data shows more than half a million new businesses opened in the past year. After challenging 2021, the back half of 2020. Um, looks pretty good. 
So about uh, Yelp said that they saw 516,000 new businesses opening. Um, we're starting to take risks again. We're starting to see opportunity again. Um, I would say we're moving in the right direction. I would say that the post-COVID recovery is going to be a little bit lumpier than something that simple. U.S. home prices reach a 15-year high. Um, the growth rate's crazy there. Golden State Warriors, this is, should not be a big surprise. They're the first sports team to launch a digital NFT collection. Um, I think there's a story there that I think we all get the idea of NFTs, non-fungible tokens, where I can make my first radio show I ever did into a piece of art and say, no one will ever play it again. You get the rights to it. It's a little bit more complicated than that because there are copyright ownerships and there's content creators. Um, but it, it's a pretty unique system and I get it. it, it it's it's not standard at this point in time, but when you try to introduce the museum world from fine art, from the classics to fine art, to modern art, to digital art, you need some people that say, that's not digital art. If you duct tape a banana to a wall, that's not art. And there's going to be some artists saying, that's my thought. We're in a society where we can fix even a banana slip with duct tape. And duct tape is all about buildings and like, I, it's art to someone. So for the Warriors to get into NFTs, I get it. Now, here's the kicker. Here's the problem with if you buy a piece of art, you kind of want to resell it down the road is the idea. When I bought a vacation home, and I am embarrassed to say that out loud um, because I feel shame. A lot of people feel no shame. I feel shame. I had parents, I had a dad that shamed me. Um, but one of the things I did, I tried to approach it from an investment angle. Like, hey, I, I didn't approach it from a family level. Like, this would be a great place to raise kids. It would be a great place to raise, get memories for kids was my idea. Not necessarily to send them to school and you know other kids per se. Yeah, I'm kind of... Riding down a slippery slope here of, of stupidity. Um, but I talked to the realtor and she had a great answer. And I said, so what's the history in the last 20 years of properties in Tahoe? And she goes, they boom, they bust. They boom and they bust. And ultimately, you're not going to make any money. I'm like, what? You can't say that. Um, you just talked me out of it. And she goes, no, no, hear me out. She goes, it's like owning a Rembrandt. You buy a Rembrandt, you look at it for 20 years, and you go, man, that's beautiful. There's a good chance you're going to wake up and see that you made a good deal of money. But there's also a chance that you may be in a bust cycle where suddenly Rembrandt's no longer in fashion. Rodin sculptures are in fashion. Or, you know, the personal notes of Abigail Adams are in fashion. Or maybe non-fungible tokens are in fashion. You got Real estate's got a better liquid market than NFTs. So you can buy and sell a little bit easier. Now, if I buy an NFT of the first SpongeBob SquarePants, I have to go find someone that wants to buy it from me if I want to sell it. 
the resells of NFTs have yet to be proven. But like stocks are more liquid than real estate. So you can buy stocks in a day and sell in a day. Look at what Bitcoin and uh, Tesla did in the last 90 days. Tesla realized a $100 million gain for buying a digital code, sending a digital code of money, receiving a digital code of money for Bitcoin, and then saying, ah, we're going to sell it now. So we're going to put this back on the market and make $100 million of real dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign currency. It's interesting. So it's all about uh, liquidity to me and how comfortable you are with lack of liquidity. Uh, so the Golden State Warriors have sat down with um, the NBA and they're launching their own digital NFT collection. Now, I kind of get it. To me, though, it's a lot like buying, for lack of a better word, um, baseball cards or basketball cards in a digital form. It's a little bit more than that for sure. But the resale market, if Steph Curry suddenly goes into a three-year slump and never makes a shot again, not so sure you're going to want that NFT if it's no longer in favor. This is, I'm not really making a lot of sense. Like I said, it's a slippery slope of stupidity. Forgive me. I'll move on. I'm Rob Black. Beyond Burger is coming out with meat hamburger patties that cost like beef patties. And believe it or not, that's part of the threshold of getting to... Good. It's part of the threshold of getting to accept it. <laughs> Driving down cost gets you to the masses. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I kind of want to stay with the NFT, non-fungible token, angle for the last segment. The Warriors have gotten into it. And uh, I'm trying to explain, because I get a lot of people who are really angry in emails to me. I get a lot of desperation. I get a lot of anger. I get a lot of frustration. Rarely do I get an email that says, I've saved $2 million. I'm 40 years old. I'm married to the love of my life, and we've got two beautiful children, and we're on cruise control to, to nirvana and happiness. <laughs> One of my kids is Matthew McConaughey reborn, but without dying. He likes he doesn't like wearing shirts, is <laughs> all I'll say. Um, okay, so let's go. <laughs> Excuse me, let's go back to the NFTs. And I was just talking to my producer about a guy named Marty Lurie, who's a baseball aficionado, and he loves baseball, and he goes to Cuba, and he gets lost in the sport, and he's got enough money that he could kind of like, you know, pay to play and be on the scene, so to speak. NFTs have pulled in $1.5 in volume in the first quarter of the year, January, February, March. NBA Top Shot was responsible for about a third of that. So a lot of real money is going into moments. Now, basketball cards, if you want to collect them, you have to send them somewhere to get graded. Then it takes six months to a year. 
Then you've got to store them somewhere. Then you've got to figure out where to sell them when you want to sell them. You don't know how many were created. You don't know what the card is sold for before, who's owned it. And that's where NFTs become a little bit more detailed. There was a moment, and the Warriors are perfect for this because they're in the heart of Silicon Valley. Um, we get it with Gronkowski, and we kind of see that it's a basically a digital card. But again, like I said, you don't have to send it anywhere. You don't have to get it authenticated. You don't have to store it under plastic. You don't have to tell your kids, don't bend the corner. But some people would be like, well, if I want to see Kevin Durant accepting the championship ring from Joe Lacob, I could just Google that picture. There's some truth to that. Now, I've got a friend who's the biggest. I don't want to say, what's the word for somebody who's uncool? Can we come up with a better word than douche? Because that's got that negative angle to it. He's the biggest donkey? Okay. He's the biggest donkey. No, I kind of want to get to the point of like, he'll wear like white capri pants. He'll wear white pants into the fall and winter. Got a guy. Okay. So we, you got the kind of guy I'm thinking about. And I was having dinner with him and his wife at one point in time, 15 years ago. And you go to the bathroom because your body needs to urinate on occasion. And so I go to urinate. And if I was in my own home, I'd go use a little boy's tree, but I'm in someone else's home, so I use their restroom. And as I go down the hall, there's a, a, a mounted picture that has a lot of restaurant receipts or business cards from restaurants. And I come back and I'm like, I'm making conversation. I'm like, what's with all the business cards? He goes, that's where me and my wife Liz ate for our first hundred dates. And I'm like, okay, I get the sentimental value of it. To me, I'm like, yeah, you're making us all look bad. You're playing into the whole romantic fool thing. Come on, dude. Just say you, you went to a lot of great restaurants. You ate well when you first met. You don't have to, like, grab a business card and put it in a picture frame. But it's the idea of ticket stubs. Do you remember growing up, going to a concert, seeing Prince, seeing Michael Jackson, seeing Bruce Springsteen? You kept that ticket stub, and you might have just left it on your desk. So somebody at school, somebody uh, comes by and you're like, oh, yeah, I went to that concert. It's a ticket stub. Now, NFTs are illustrated digital ticket stubs. Um, the Warriors had this big we believe thing where they knocked off a top seed in the first round. And visually, it was kind of stunning. So... The Golden State Warriors said, this is one of our 75 historic moments. Let's make a one-of-a-kind a, a one of a ticket stub called an NFT. It's really tough to sell because you're like, but can't I just go to Google and see the top 75 moments and YouTube it? You probably could. But is my friend, or he was really never a friend, but... Is the guy who saves the business cards of all the restaurants he took his wife to, is he better off because he's got a physical moment, memento versus a, a memory? In his head, he is. And it's all that matters. So 
Golden State Warriors getting into it. Should you follow it? I don't know. We, do I want you to stop in your 401k or saving for retirement? No. If you want to dedicate some of your money to collecting NFTs, that's fine. There's a, a thing that's going on right now where people spend good money to buy rare baseball cards. No, no, to buy packs that may have a rare card in them. That's insanity to me. That's like playing scratchers. But you all get together, you open it up, and you say, oh, boy, I got Buster Posey rookie card. That's NFTs now. And again, maybe it's more first world kind of evolution of baseball cards. But anyhow, interesting stories out. We're in earnings season. Tesla post record income of $438 million. Tomorrow, we'll be talking about Apple. The next day, Amazon. We've got a whole slew of companies coming out this week. And I'll pay attention to the results, and I'll try to break them down for you as they happen. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.